This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Hey guys, welcome to Property Science. I am Matt Kirshen. I am sat opposite Jesse Case. Hello. And next to Andy Wood. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> Where I live. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome it's to your house. Very glad to be home. Yeah. Yeah, you've had a long day, Andy. <laughs> I wasn't trying to like get sympathy, but yeah, it's been... Uh... I work with Matt. It's an interesting thing. Like Matt and I are, are work buddies now and what? podcast buddies. You guys are work buddies. And, <laughs> and the hijinks. Yeah. Oh, the hijinks. So and Andy, you and I are roommates. Yeah. Matt, you and I need a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't have a dance right team. Now. Like uh, form a gang. Ooh. A dart league. It could be something simple. <laughs> something I mean, simple. I'm pretty yeah. bad at darts, but I could give it a go. Hmm. Uh, you know How who's... are you at like, something that's like two halves? Like, it, it needs to be something that's more of a duo. I like dance team. Mm-hmm. Ice skating duo, but that's kind of been covered by Blaze of Glory. Sure, I feel like ice skating duo would be great. You're more nimble than I. I mean, I feel like we could. Yeah. I, I could. I could throw you. You do a triple axle thing. Two man rowing team. Solid. Solid. Yeah. I'll get a canoe. I'll, we can get a canoe and we'll work on that. Let's do that. If anyone out there has some sort of canoe or a small dinghy that you can you can loan us, I um, interrupted an expert segue, and I'm sorry about that. No, no, it's no big no big deal. Uh, you know who wouldn't interrupt an expert segue is people that donated because uh, we have some thank yous. Yeah, we, we do. do have um, some thank yous. <laughs> we have some thank yous, and if you guys want to uh, donate to the show, it's always appreciated. Uh, you can do that. Uh, by going to um, probablyscience.com clicking on that Squarespace Power probablyscience.com mm-hmm. that's right Squarespace Power you can click on that donate button so we have um, Alfonso Gerardo Garcia Diaz Barriga um, he's from um, uh, <laughs> three of those names you made up correct? no okay no that's the full name Alfonso he Gerardo he's from Manchester Gar- <laughs> <and> <laughs> Alfonso Gerardo Garcia Diaz Barriga that, he might win the, the he might win the best named donor so far absolutely um, yeah uh, thank you so much, Alfonso. We have uh, John Hummel from uh, Wisconsin. He's a very generous donor. Very generous. Um, we, we don't tend to name numbers. We're not going to name numbers, but let's just say he was... Numbers, but he was very generous. Let's say slightly more generous than Alfonso Gerardo Garcia Diaz Barriga. <laughs> and if there are um, science-minded, like experimental sort of donors, you could try donating increasingly larger amounts to see at what point we start to call you extremely generous. And like sort of figure it out for yourself, but you, you have to do it that way. We're not going to give. You, we're not going to tell you what the line is. But you can work it out. Just try and game yeah. theory. It. Uh, uh, yeah, and he he wants us to dive a little deeper into uh, ASMR. We talked about that on uh, a few episodes ago. Brian, do you know what AS? Oh, can we can we cheat the guest? This Let's early? cheat. Who's Brian? <laughs> Let's cheat. Um, in the middle of the donors, uh, we can. We'll- Let's introduce let's introduce our guest guys. He needs a donor. It's uh it's Brian Bishop everybody. <laughs> Brian Bishop. You may know him as Bald Brian. You may know him as a uh, former former call screener and sound effects man. I don't think there. I don't think that's how health works. Show, but no. I don't I don't think that's how. <laughs> I'm just glad to be known. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on you guys. Hey, thanks for coming, man. Don't me interrupt your, uh, your your Well, list. no, have, have See, you, we're in the midst of an actual radio wait, professional wait. and we could not be less professional right. We're all over now. the place. We, the we also venues. have to thank Jeffrey Robertson from Australia yes. and Eddie Temmel Weston from Sweden. Who's sort uh, of generous? Eddie, Eddie was also generous. <laughs> generous Eddie okay. was generous, but not as generous as John. Okay. The least generous the... the least generous of the group, I, I hate to say, is Alfonso Gerardo <laughs> Garcia Diaz Barriga. But still generous, because he, he donated. He's, Anybody who donates is generous. He's definition. still generous. He's still generous. Um, Brian. Yes. Have you heard of ASMR? What is that? ASMR is 
was it autosensory meridian response? Is that what it sounds, sounds for? Probably, probably was. It's the f- so far fairly unexplained tingling sensation that certain people, including Jesse and myself, get from oh, certain cues and, and Dandy. I'm part of the club. And, uh, I, bet, I bet Brian gets it. It's it's triggered by it's triggered by different things for different people. My trick, a lot of people are triggered by hearing someone talk in a sort of oh, slow. Oh, I remember you guys talked about this on a podcast recently. That's right. Yeah, you're getting like your fingers or your toes or something, right? Yeah, oh, well, it's, it's mainly like in your head. My spine oh, okay. and, yeah, well, the top of my listen, spine, back of the head. If you listen to one of those uh, really well stereo recorded things that like simulate someone going around and cutting your hair or right. something like that, you'll you'll feel, kind of feel it that Interesting. way. Interesting. Like it's it's more like a it's almost like a tickle, isn't it? Or it's like a like a good, it's like related to like goose, sort of brain like tingling. Yeah, it's kind of like goosebumps. Also, it's, I feel it's like. a brain tingle. But I, we don't, I, I don't really know much about it from a scientific point of view. And I'd, I'd love to do an episode where we find someone. If anyone, if any of our listeners know someone who actually has done any kind of studying in this field, because I think it's fairly pseudosciencey. It's pretty pseudosciencey. It sounds pseudosciencey, but it, it obviously is a phenomenon that yeah. is a thing. It's that a phenomenon that's a thing, and it, I mean, it's, it's enough of a phenomenon that the videos that trigger it for certain people have. Hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. So yeah, John Hummel, um, and it's enough of a thing that I couldn't. I when I found out about it, yeah. I was like, "Oh, that thing that I've had since I was a child and not being able to explain to anyone what it is has a name." And I, I other that, people, I had that moment with visual migraines. Have you guys ever had one of those? What is that? No. Um, I, I just had this thing happen a few times. I was like, "This must be totally unique to me. No one's ever experienced this." You start to get a little semicircle of of strangeness in your field of vision. It starts near the center and it slowly spreads out over the course of like an hour, and then you have like a headache for an hour afterwards. That's a brain tumor. That's a brain. Oh, no. So you're gonna get get that looked at. Oh God. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think anyone would. You can't really say. I don't think you really know that much about brain yeah. tumors, there, right? Yeah, now. I feel you like. Unless, oh oh shit! You the Brian? You're the Brian Bishop from the. Oh no! The same. Oh. of the new book. We got the pages stuck together again on our <laughs> scheduling <laughs> forms. I like how you guys all had to read the same book. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again to my publisher for sending you one book. Oh, thank no. you, for, thank you for sending us. That's more than more books than we normally get. So okay. we, we love getting books. Yeah, um, I'm just glad something got me reading again. I, who read the beginning? Who read the middle? And who read the end? Is that? <laughs> oh, we should have done it that way. <laughs> we should have done. Split it up. So that's what they do when um when politicians bring out like the the new budget report or something. The the newspapers who cover it normally give like a hundred pages of time to each of the interns mm-hmm. and go like, give us a summary so they can quickly get that. the story up. Uh, but uh, Brian, yes. author, radio. Sidekick and star, right? Trivia buff, right? Uh, cancer person, that's right. <laughs> yeah, above all, yeah, just general cancer man about town. <laughs> that's right, cancer dude. Yeah, just cancer guy. Just one of the regular cancer dudes. Hey man, you're just a cancer guy. No, just a um, cancer man about town. <laughs> look, trying to make his way through the universe. I don't know a lot about cancer. I do apologize for shaking your hand with a latex glove on when you came in. <laughs> I understand. Um, I don't know how it works. But you um, did also set the dog on him. Yeah, I did. Uh, but also, just please don't cough in my direction. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the book comes out next week. It's called Shrinkage. It's about the uh, the, the brain tumor that you were diagnosed with um, in 2009. Correct. Five years ago. But it's also the book. I, I mean, it's not just about that. But I, yeah, well, what I liked about the book is it's sort of three books in, in one because it's it's the story of your cancer, but it's also an autobiography weaved through it. Right. And also a how-to guide. Yeah, there's a lot of like tips, like practical tips. The tumor throughout. tips were great. Thanks, man. I hope. Yeah, uh, every I, few pages just has like a little, almost like a textbook, just yeah. a little separate block of, hey, you probably know someone who's going through something similar to this, and it's actually a really informative. Like these are the mistakes I made, and these are the 
right moves that I made. For and, yeah. Yeah. But as you're reading those tips, it almost makes you feel like this is inevitable for me. Like, I'm, 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 cat- I'm cataloging these because the fact that I'm reading this means this will happen to each of us. That's right. so you have to, like one of the best tips that I never would have thought of is like you, you should print out all of your symptoms and the dates you had them yeah. and just hand that to the doctor every time you go instead of giving them your story over and over again. Yeah, you're bound to get something wrong if you're just telling the story over and over again. Yeah. And on top of that, you're also like, wait, did I tell this guy this or did I not? And if it's all just in one place. Super practical. You know, whether, whether it's cancer or whatever it is, if you have, you know, uh, sure. a hemorrhoid, for example, I don't know who gets those anymore. No, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody ever. Yeah, no. If you're one of the poor saps. <laughs> no, if you're some kind of. In the just, 1800s. Yeah. You know, if you're some sort of Victorian asshole. Turn of the century, literally. Liter- if you're literally, literally a Victorian, Victorian asshole. asshole. Yeah. Um, then you want to write down your symptoms and the order in which they happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and you, you had you had uh, a lot of problems with like the, your first doctor was kind of a shithead too, which I, I don't even think about <laughs> stuff like that. Like I think I, I I wouldn't have the balls to change doctors. I think once I had one, I'd be like, well, this is my doctor now. I think that was one of my tumor tips was was find a doctor you're comfortable yeah, with. And yeah. I used the example of my father-in-law who tumor had... tips 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 tips. <laughs> That's right. the drop. We'll get some production. We'll get some production going <laughs> on tumor tips. Yeah, we should have said also Brian is an expert in sound effects. He so is. He, we're bringing our own sound effects to this. He episode. Is. And I don't know why it stings. He's right. the, he's the ma- he's known on the, on the Adam Carolla show for having every sound effect in the world at mm, his fingertips with instant true. recall. But I'm just going to do sort of like more uh, acapella dubstep <laughs> cancer themed okay. things, you know? Sure. Liven it up a bit. Yeah. Tumor <laughs> tips, yeah. tips, tips. Yeah. Alfonso Guerrero Diaz. Tumor tips, tips. Um... So it's like southern dubstep, <laughs> yeah, southern dubstep. That's but it, but yeah, you said your 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 father-in-law has he has a, a, a he had to have an aortic valve replacement. Like his heart, basically. I mean, you guys is a science podcast, so you understand at least what that is. And yeah. so he had to go to the Cleveland Clinic, which is the apparently the best place in the states to get a donor, one of the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took him forever to end up there because. He's he like everyone. It's not LAX, huh? Yeah, that's right. Delay, <laughs> delay, delays. No, he, like everyone, he's a creature of habit, and he liked his doctor, or at least he felt comfortable with it, or yeah. at least he felt familiar with. It. And it couldn't have been something as simple as he knew the parking structure, or he knew the fastest way to get there. I mean, yeah. it's well, also it's crazy pe- how simple, how much, what little things keep you from seeking out the best medical. Well, help. particularly as well, I think it's hard to like people generally, unless they're people who do this on a daily basis, are very bad at breaking contracts or, or like saying turning people down doing anything like that oh yeah leaving and when it's someone who's a doctor who's in a position of authority it's very hard to just keep accepting the advice and the information they give you mm-hmm. uh like yeah if, if they're i mean the doctor is not only an authority figure that you know the the quote-unquote playing god like they're they're the, the at least they overwhelm you with knowledge yeah you know, so even if your gut is telling you I think this guy's actually full of shit. And obviously a lot of, do- like, uh, most doctors are amazing and, like, very, very talented and skilled, but a lot of doctors are, are humans and they're fallible people. Yeah. Well, and, a- and some of them are specialists in things that they're, like, and not as specialists in others, which is one of the things you had with your your first doctor. I, I mean, I would say if you have a gut feeling that your doctor is full of shit, as tricky as it would be to change, do it. Like, I mean, I just from personal experience, my, my mom's a doctor. She is terrible. And she's full of shit. Uh, she's completely full of shit. No, um, no, she's she's actually somewhat of a um, you know a doctor of of high repute. But um, I do know the. Um, is she Madame Curie? 
She is Madame Curie, oh and um, no, I know it's it's really weird. Every, that is every, pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah, I'm just surprised she was straight. I, um, but uh, Jesse, you were so serious for so long. I was sure you were doing a long setup to say like I was seeing this guy, uh, Doctor J, and it turned out like he was no, no, <laughs> no. But I was, yeah. no, but I'm saying when when your mom's a doctor, and then you hear the things that they bitch about about their peers after a long work day. And you realize, like, just like any other fucking job, like being a stock person at Target, it's like there's the same. The ratios never change mm. of like who kind of sucks at their job or who or, or who shows up hungover, or who's a little tapped out. Yeah. And the ratio who has is the, the right might be good academically, but just have absolutely no common sense or no awareness. Well, that's why I call it the practicing medicine, because yeah. very, very, very few people are have it down and this is how it's done. I mean, think about... I know very few doctors that have done Carnegie Hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So think about like 100 years ago, the things we knew about medicine are very, very different than the things we know today. And right. I'm sure 100 years from now, they'll be very, very different. Of course, yeah. Well, and, and with things that are of the, like, you know, with, with hardcore illnesses, with, with things that, you know, things that are terminal or potentially terminal, um, the palliative side of it is everything the 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 bedside manner oh, yeah. and the the problem with specialists specialists in any field is the more removed you get sort of from the general public sort of the more aspergersy you get about it mm. the less you can have like it's rare to find that combination like like the best oncologist in the world would probably be awful at eye contact yeah. just because they're so what are the chances they'd be great at both like, yeah. That's, well, well, no. Rare. I just, I just mean they're they got so specialized that at that point they are a scientist. To they're they're right, so far right. away from nursing, you know what yeah. I mean? That they're just. Um, and maybe we haven't even given enough background on what what the to what the condition you were diagnosed with was, and no, how, how sort of dire... jumped into the middle yeah, of the story. Yeah, but sure, the, sure. But the let's, first the first doctor, one of the things he it. told you was he gave you a, he gave you a prognosis. Yes. Well, well what I want to know. I want to back up even further okay. because I read the middle part okay. when we read it in thirds. <laughs> Tell me what happens. Um, I would assume getting diagnosed with a brain tumor would be something that um, you would have to, they would have to at least suspect it first before, I mean, do you have to get MRIs and things? I, what happened was I was feeling symptoms. So I worked for the morning show, the Adam Carolla show, which was a morning radio show at the time. And as such, I got up at five in the morning, basically. To this go was to still work. when it was a radio, like broadcast yeah, radio before the morning radio podcast. show syndicated yeah, in a few markets around the country out of LA. And so dude, what happened? So I, I would start to feel these weird symptoms. Initially, I felt like a little numbness or tingling in my lips on the right side and mm -hmm. a little numbness in my scalp and, uh, uh, my tongue, and then I would go to the gym every day after work, talking about earlier before the mics heated up about the routine of going to the gym. I would go sure. every day after work because it was, it was across the street. Right. The show ended at 10 o'clock, so I'd be there at 10.30, and it was a great time to go to the gym. But I kept getting my left foot caught on the jump rope. When I would do the jump rope or when I would try and do something, I'd lose my balance, and I was like... Every little symptom was easily explained, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not eating right, or I'm getting up at five in the morning. I must yeah. be tired or something. Of course I'm tired. I'm getting up at Yeah, the, it was very right. easily explained at that point. But right. then the, the accumulation of everything. That guy was, that keeps punching me in the lip every day. Yeah, that, yeah. Would, that I can't ever regain. Yeah, so. Yeah. Keep eating bees. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> Things like, why do I the, keep eating The fact that bee? my left yeah. leg is a foot longer than my right. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are easily explainable. So everything added up, yeah. but then after a while, everything together was like oh, I should see I should see someone about this because yeah. you know I, I looked I started looking up the thing that did it for me was um, when I would go out with my friends or my fiance or whoever I would have a beer or two and it felt like four or six you know I, I would get pretty drunk off of a beer or two and it was like 
uh, I should probably I should probably see someone about this. So I started looking up symptoms, just to sort of see what I had on you know WebMD or whatever. Now and here's all... the thing: whenever I've looked up something on WebMD or uh-huh. a similar website. <laughs> I end up convinced that I have a brain tumor. Interesting. Because that's so, the last thing I thought. Right. Yeah, because the first thing they said, it, it, it was all brain related. It was like you either have MS or you have had a stroke, a TIA. I would have felt like pre-diabetic or something just from those symptoms, especially the beer thing. Yeah, I, I never considered that. But mm. it's on the table, of course, because I'm like, well, I'm a young guy. I'm healthy. And so let's see what's what. We see a doctor. You're, you're, you're 30 at the time. I'm 30. Yeah. I'm um, ALS was one of the things that... ALS was one of the things because... Uh, my cousin had ALS at the time. He had just been diagnosed and hit my family pretty hard. And so it was, you know, at that time, our worst fear because that's, you know, yeah. there's, no, there's no answer to that. And so uh, we saw a specialist. And yes, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you, but this was at, like the worst. This could not have come at a worse time in terms of you just got engaged. It was, should have been an incredibly happy yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm telling the story horribly. You want, go, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> uh, he just read it. No, so you obviously saying Matt's saying more well No, no, you're right. I'm leaving out important details. The details are... Are you forgetting things? Old. I know. Are you okay? It's almost as if I have <laughs> no, something Brian, going on upstairs. <sighs> so I'm 30 years old. I am uh, recently engaged, living with my fiance, uh, and the radio show ends. The radio show, flip, the station flips formats, the show goes away, and I'm out of a job. And then my my fiance Christy also loses her job because she works in advertising, and their uh, client was a, a private jet company, and it wasn't doing so well in early '09. Like, yeah, sure, after, yeah. After the big crash in yeah. 2008, so they weren't uh, they weren't doing so well. So she lost her job, and then a few days later, we we see you know the specialist after the specialist, and he says he suspects we have MS, but what ended up happening is he says you have a uh, a brainstem glioma, and we're like, what's that? And he's like, well, I'm not really an expert in these things, so I'm going to refer you to this other guy who I know, and uh, in the meantime, go home, don't Google that. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, look, I'm really bad at weird news, Yeah. so, so just don't sweat it. I'm going to get up and walk out of the room. <laughs> And so you guys he, have smartphones. I'm going to leave for a while. I'm going to let these puppets explain it to you. Why don't you hand <laughs> he just me those? Comes in and he just leaves the puppets. He doesn't control them at all. He just doesn't know how puppets work. I don't know if it was your last podcast or not. It was one of the last few with Kara uh, Santa Maria. It was sure. the most she was recent talking one, yeah. about glial cells. She was explaining yes. what glial yeah. cells are. Well, those cells had a tumor in my brain. Okay, so those are the non-neuron cells, like the structural cells in the brain. You can explain it better than I could. That's, I that's, know that's where that's they are. Yeah. All I know is what she said. In my particular case, there are the glial cells in the brainstem. By yes. the way, I think it's the first time anybody ever said that's what she said about <laughs> meant meaning basic meant brain No, that was the information that she yeah. That was, yeah. imparted to us. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Christy's a researcher, my fiance. She's a researcher, and so asking her not to look something up on the internet is, is absurd. And so we go home, and, and of course, first thing we do is look it up. And I don't even know... I, for all I know, it's just something they can take out. You know, right. I don't know what right. it is, and right. we look it up. And, and you're, are you a pretty optimistic guy in general? I am a say? pretty optimistic yeah. guy in general. I, I never really Optimus Prime. I'm op- optimistic. <laughs> he just had that button ready. You just had that, that, that button. Just that button. Just that amazing. No, thank you, thank you. And so <laughs> I, we go home and we look it up, and it says excellent. <laughs> Jesse again. That was amazing. <laughs> With Andy's voice, how did you get him to record that? Fight. I'm using the Mortal Kombat flash drive. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did a lot of pre-production on this yeah, episode. We... And so uh, we, we, we look it up. She looks it up. We look it up. And um, you know it says something like 18% of people with this condition live three years. And God. it's like, holy shit. And so we're like, we got to see this. We're supposed to this. This is the Thursday. We're supposed to see this doctor on Monday. And so we call and we're like, hey, can we come in like today? Yeah. And he's like, 
And they're like, yeah, if you can be here by two, and it's like one thirty, we're like, well, fucking be there. And you hadn't been mentioning your symptoms to Christy along the way, really, either. Right? Not until recently, and it, when they were when they were small and very easily explained or easily dismissed, I should say, it was yeah. I just like, eh, why bother her? But then after a while, I, of course, I was like, hey, something's wrong. Like you know, like wow. I'm experiencing some weird shit. And so at that point, does she become more the whipcracker than you are? Like, is she the one who's like, oh yeah, let's I would have let this go for, for yeah, months. Yeah. Um, and mm. so she's spearheading the whole campaign. She she initially got the whole wheels started of the whole thing because a family friend of hers is a doctor in Santa Monica, a surgeon, and he ended up referring us to the guy who got us to the guy who got us to the guy. So thank goodness for them to get the whole thing started. Yeah. Um, but so we, we, we meet with this doctor. He's a spe- He's an oncologist, and he works at a uh, a, a cancer clinic, basically a, a, a cancer house for all intents and purposes. Cool. Um, I knew an oncologist that worked at Walmart. So I, I, mean, I would I would say a cancer clinic is the place for them. Probably the place you want to end up. Yeah. yeah. I just think, you know, for job That's growth. the goal if you're yeah. a... By the way, the worst reality show of all time, maybe? Cancer House? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. Drew. <laughs> Tonight on Cancer House. <laughs> More sitting around. <laughs> Finish him! <laughs> Who gets voted off exactly. in the crew? It's thing. just a diagnosis just... ceremony at the end of every episode. Well, we could have gone off Dan. He is dead. But yeah. Julie's really been annoying me lately, so... It's just like folded some chemo medicine into the shape of a rose and presents them to one person. Speaking of which... You bring an IV. Uh, um, I don't know what the transition is. <laughs> no, it's a, very, it's a very quick transition about um, our drunken roommate living situation. I told you about this on my birthday. Oh, God, yes. My, my birthday oh. was a few days ago oh. to our listeners, uh, and I was um, having a nap. I was having a birthday nap. You're fishing for a happy birthday. Go fuck not, yourself. No, no. I, uh, I'm not. He shares a birthday with Hitler. And, I do and share a birthday with... Uh, sort sh- of with Jesus, because this year it fell on his rebirth. So Sure, sure. Or, or death day. As yeah. death no, 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 death no, it's not the death oh, yeah, day. Yeah, it's good the point. It's the day he um, popped up again, right? Good yeah, Friday but, was the death day for some reason. Right? Not I, so good Friday, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. I have a very weird... Uh, yeah, I have a weird birthday. So my birthday is April 20th, so I uh, was asleep on my birthday. Birthday and Andy and I, as our listeners know, uh, live with train wrecks. So um, there's they can a, hear you. There's a they can't. They can't. No, they, they, no, they can't. They no, they can't. Um, so hey, what's the, up? There's a huge. There's a there's a knock on my door, and I'm having a nap, and I wake up, and it's a huge knock. Like I think, like oh, we're getting robbed. Like something, you know. So I, I jump out of bed. Fire. And I, yeah, and I go and I I answer the door. And it's it's Brendan. He's standing there. His his eyes are completely just bloodshot. I mean, he's wasted. And this is like two in two in the afternoon. And um, he well, goes Sunday, and he Easter. goes he goes, Mister Jesse, happy birthday! And he hands me some roses he picked from our garden. <laughs> but sweet. his hands are just bleeding from the thorns. <laughs> he just hands me a a bloody fist of roses, That's still completely sweet. wasted. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. So, <laughs> You're completely missing the gesture. No, yeah, no. I feel like it is a sweet. It's a sweet gesture. Even more because he had to go through that. Yeah, yeah. And And he calls you young Jesse. He always calls calls me me young Andy. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's on every episode of Cancer House. You can always see the same thing. You have to. You have to keep the thorns. Do you think he calls you young Jesse and young Andy because in his dreams he is friends with old Jesse and old Andy? (laughs) (laughs) I know how this ends. (laughs) Oh man. We know how this ends. We keep yeah. living here. This oh, is it's brutal. Um, so, so Chrissy's spearheading this whole thing, right? She's she's making it happen, right? And we are at the specialist now. We're at the the, the oncologist, and, and and this is still uh, at Cedar Sinai. No, this is before we ever got to Cedars. This okay, is a different hospital. Okay, sorry. Uh, and and uh, he, it's speaking to the bedside manner, he he 
was luckily a combination of bad bedside manner and not great oncologist, so it was the sweet combination of Sweet both. combo. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, he avoided being good at both, but what happened was he, <laughs> he delivered the news, basically. He was like, this is what you have, and this is, this is where it's located, and he's being very clinical and showing us diagrams and everything, and all I want to know is what's going to happen, so I'm like, Doc, what... What are we looking at here, realistically? And he says... It is weird how anyone will say Doc, Yeah, given that situation. I said, what's up, Doc? Yeah. In all intents and purposes, I said, what's up, Doc? I said, what, what, are, we, what are we looking what at? Yeah. And he said, typically in these cases, I say six months to a year. And and I was like, holy shit. My first thought was, holy shit. And yeah. my second thought, for better or worse, was, well, that's not going to be me. And I don't right. know if that yeah. was foolish or naive or denial or whatever, uh, but I just was convinced. I was like, "Oh, we'll we'll figure this out. We'll figure yeah. this yeah. out." Yeah, maybe foolish. Probably yeah. was foolish. And that was this was five months ago. The story. So yeah. yeah. So, so uh, it's been great up. having you on, man. I feel like um, why am I wasting my time with this? <laughs> I feel like it's a good, you got to go bungee jump. I canceled that skydiving <laughs> session for this. The Great Pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. So. Seriously, the big fan. <laughs> Um, so, but so that was that was the person you referred to as Dr. Harold Kumar, not Dr. Harold Kumar. In the book. The lawyers suggested yeah. I change it, as in, if you'd like to get paid, we suggest you change. Yeah, smart suggest you change this name. So, doctor. Yeah. so uh, Dr. Harold Kumar, it is. You had another chapter that was, or like a section that was just uh, listing like your top douchebags you've encountered in your life. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mount Rushmore the, of douchebags. Were those all real names or not? A couple were, a couple weren't. Because I was well, one like, of them was the guy who ran the the radio station. The radio station yeah, who that's, right. that's a real person. Well, those are all real stories. Those stories have all been told on the air before. So yeah, there's right. no defaming that man. Yeah, would you care to list the uh, three comics he decided he really wanted less of? Oh, yeah. Three yeah. young up and coming comics who he wanted less <laughs> of in the air because they wouldn't amount to anything. Circa 2007, uh, Jack Silver, who is a I believe I referred to him as a reprehensible ass <laughs> in the in the book. Jack was also a terrible scout of talent and uh, decided in around 2007 that uh, he wanted a whole lot less of Joel McHale, Zach Galifianakis, and Louis C.K. Yeah, sure. Those, were, guys, going, no, those no. were guys who belong, no. did not belong anywhere Get near the microphone. Off. Get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Danny Bonaducci, put him on the air. <laughs> we need more him. Yeah. And, and, and we can get Bonaducci and like us to do round the clock. We're in great shape. Right. Globetrotter's game, he's bitten on the generals. Yeah. <laughs> right. The right. Yeah, he's, awesome. uh, he's backing the wrong horse. But yeah, I was thinking about that because like, if I ever tried to write a book about like actual shit that's gone down in my life not, not that I have nothing anywhere near the scale of what you've gone through but like uh, if I ever had to talk shit about someone I'm like these days everyone's so like anybody I have a grudge with I'm probably still Facebook friends with them you know the world's yeah. so small I was like could I ever even put in actual names of anybody that I had a beef with yeah two of them are real names and two of them are fake names um, and the lawyers told me who to change and told me who was fine to keep the same, and I, I yeah. trust them because they're... That's great. <laughs> I have what they call an indemnity clause, so uh, good luck. But, um, So yeah. Dr. Doctor quote-unquote Harold Kumar was right. not the best with bedside manner or with uh, general doctoring. No, and the thing is, bedside manner was like, it was like he read it, it's like he studied a chapter on bedside manner but never actually put it into practice. It was yeah. like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you, and it's like, What's happening? You haven't told me anything. That's the first thing he said to me. Wow. I was like, what? 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, let's go into my office and have a little chat. I'm like, all right. I, I don't know where this is going, but you're terrifying me. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, he he was on like he was like Robo Doctor at that Robo point. Like, yeah, he was, he was programmed uh, with the sympathy program. He was yeah, he was wearing the scream mask. Yeah, and it was just it was just, <laughs> just trying to remember the consolation class that he took in, in exactly medical right. school. Yeah, I'm sure it was like so a, now you say this, now you say that. Yep. He's got stuff written. It's on a flowchart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he has a quarterback <laughs> wristband. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he offers you he, he offers you the box of tissues before he says anything. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need this. <laughs> oh, hang on, wait a second. Let me go on Cancer. Your <laughs> okay, now here we go. Wow. It's like calling you from the clinic. Hello, is Mr. Is Mr. AIDS there? I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Mitchell. I, I'm, I'm bad at this. This is my first day. I, I tell you guys, one time um, my mom sent me a clip, and it was of something like a guy rescuing his dog from a river, and, the, and then the dog, like, you know, they're like hugging each other, and the dog's licking his face or something. And so it's this beautiful, uplifting mm. YouTube clip. And she sent me this, uh, it was a little link, and it just said, Jesse, have your tissues ready. And my first thought was literally that my mom is sending me porn. porn. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> grab the lube and, no. and turn the lights out. Close goes, the shade. Jesse, have your tissues ready. And I'm just like, mom, this is not. That's not okay. Yeah, you know. It'd be nice if she did send you porn, oh though. <laughs> but then it was what just, kind of a doctor is she? No, and then it's just a cute puppy being fished out of a river. Yeah, and, and I and I jerked off. Yeah, I make do it. Yeah, and then she sends you one like, I defy you not to cry at this, and it is porn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so emotional. This is a girl getting pounded. Um, so when you get the six month diagnosis, was there any part of you that wanted to jump up and go, spoiler alert? Wait, me, no, that's I don't point. understand. No, there had to be. I w- yeah. If a doctor oh, said like, you, you've got six months to live, like, I would oh, like, I didn't know the ending. Uh, yeah, yeah, I should have. No, you got to have. I wasn't funny. thinking clearly, <laughs> dude. You got to have preloaded diagnosis jokes. I tell my friends. I tell all my friends that. Um, got to have preloaded. So I can't expect the worst, but prepare for the best. Uh, other way around. Uh, yeah, one of those two. I, I so I can't even. I mean, first of all, I I can't even imagine the emotions that would just the feelings that would come up hearing that i've tried to imagine i really have i've, I've tried to and it's weird that i sit around and just think about this shit all day right uh, but i have tried to imagine that moment when you find something like that out what it does to you um and Our, it, but it sounds like you got fairly resilient fairly quick yeah i remember that that and that right away i, I i'd never had uh, you hear about people breaking out a cold sweat and yeah. i was actually in a cold sweat i was sweating but i was freezing wow. and I, I the first time i'd ever really experienced that and uh but you're right within within not too long i was like i was in you know fight or flight mode i was in yeah. flight mode wow. And, wow and again i don't know if that, i think that's it's easier said than done i think people have the opposite reaction sometimes that's just who they are that's just who i am my you know? my my gravestone will say he flew from cancer he fled he fled, <laughs> he fled the disease and eventually lost <laughs> cancer caught him <laughs> right like, trying to do it like a, like at the end of stephen king's it right <laughs> just like gets yeah. on the back of your friend's bicycle and just tries to yeah. outrun the cancer yeah there will no there will be no battle waged there will be <laughs> there will be the first man to die of a panic attack it wasn't actually the cancer <laughs> <laughs> it never is <laughs> never the cancer um but the part that comes after that was like the most heartbreaking to me was imagining having to call everyone i know yeah and my parents and like, oh it's devastating which is one again it's not herpes andy it's not you don't have to call your ex-girlfriends it's not, <laughs> this involves you too <laughs> you should get yourself tested for brain tumors <laughs> look i uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry about this caitlin i uh get it <laughs> Hmm. What's no, who are you, who are you again? Who are you? <laughs> I just don't even remember. Like it's... Um, so so yes. What's next? What's the? 
after the initial diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I had idea to call what... my family. I had to call Corolla, yeah. you know, because he was my yeah. boss, and I was starting. He was doing pre-production on a CBS pilot that he was uh, shooting Monday. This is a Thursday, and, he, and I had to call him and be like, hey, man, I'm not coming to work on Monday. Um, and he was obviously upset about it, and my parents were devastated. It was, it was an awful day. It was just the worst yeah, day ever. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and your tip for that was uh, don't don't make it the case where you have to call everyone yourself yeah. because it'll take forever. Just let people spread it through their own social networks. Yeah, initially and, I, I was like, man, this is heavy news, and I don't want the burden of having to tell people to follow my friend's shoulders and be like, oh, did you hear about Brian? Bad news, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let me, I'll be the one to tell people. That way I can sort of let him, <laughs> let him down easy. But what happens is you have the best of intentions. You're like, oh, for the next hour, I'm going to call half dozen friends. But you talk to people for 30 minutes or 40 minutes because they care about you and they're your right. friend and they want to ask all sorts of questions and all the same questions, by the way. Not on a mobile phone, I hope, because that wouldn't help the... Oh, well, you know, it's definitely on a headset. It was on a Bluetooth? Is that worse? And so... Um, the next day, it's like, I, look, four months. You called a lot of people yeah, yesterday. Exactly. You're down to four months. <laughs> you were on the phone all day. Yeah, my and... usage is going up. Um, my life usage is going down. So I, had to, I had to call a number of friends, and after a while, I realized, oh, the power of, of having friends is so that you have this network of people that can do things yeah, for yeah. you, and they want to help, and if the, if the least they can do is... To notify other friends of what's going on, then sure. utilize that. That's a good. That's a good thing. Sure. So all this is going on. It's still two months from your wedding. You still have to plan that and yes. do the bachelor party and everything. Yep. Like you have to start doing chemo yep. and deal with radiation. Radiation. So, so you guys decided to go go through with the wedding. Go on with the wedding yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was um, it was two months before the wedding when I got diagnosed, and one of Christie's friends it was even like. Even said to her, I found this out after the fact, of course, but said to her, like, are you are you going to go through with it? Are we going to are you going right. to do the wedding still? And to Christie's immense credit, she was she's like there was never there was never a question in my mind wow. of, of even of, wow. of, of of marrying him. No, that's how uh, not that, him. that's how marriable you are. That's how it's marriage that's how, material. I can't let this one go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how marriable. Um, now she's 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 the star of the book. She's the the hero and and all that stuff because she was my full time round the clock caregiver. I yeah, mean, I can't believe that. Once radiation was done and once chemo was done for the first round, I was I was fucked up and of I course. was I was on a wheelchair. I was on a wheelchair for like a short period of time and on a walker for like six months. I mean, I w I couldn't do anything. Well, and yeah. you lost a ton of weight. Yeah, I lost a ton of weight. You're looking fantastic. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I lost ton of weight. I couldn't get around. I couldn't do anything myself. Christy had to help me like to the bathroom. Like it was, it, I needed what's, full time. What's that like care. when you have to cross that early on in your life? You have to cross that sort of comfort barrier with your significant other. I generally like. I generally introduce something like that in the second or third date. <laughs> That's probably smart. No. You're at the restaurant, you get up. You're like, I have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, Okay, and you're staring <clears> at her. Yeah, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I find that helps. Um, it's 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 it sucked, but. Everything, every domino fell individually and yeah. slowly so that it was just one more thing, you know, like one more thing. It's like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you guys read the uh, chapter about my greatest regrets, but I, I at one point I, I pooped myself two times yeah. because I was not only on chemo, sure. but I was on stool softeners and laxatives and this horrible cocktail of, and on top of that, the radiation weakened my muscles so much that I couldn't hold it back. And so right. out it came. And right. Christy, the fucking saint that she is, uh, 
tended to me and cleaned me up and wow. you know they, and, and, and they're having you is this when you're losing so much weight that they're having you like drink constant milkshakes yeah, just to yeah, get calories I mean, that didn't help it's probably not gonna no, make that, things that, great yeah, down there soft foods soft, uh, 100% <laughs> soft liquid yeah, diet yeah yeah no because I was losing so much weight I had to ingest more calories uh, when, go, when going through uh, when going through uh, stage 2 chemo we do recommend a fierce regimen of Taco Bell yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. uh, we hear it uh, they, Del, they sponsor our yeah. hospital to be honest we, we Del are, Fuego uh, uh, we, 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 we are sponsored by Taco Bell uh, you're gonna want to do three nuts uh, sounds we, like idiocracy yeah we here at Cedar sinai we uh, we do recommend uh, three nachos bull grande every morning for, uh, uh, it's ask gonna... your doctor about Doritos Locos <laughs> <laughs> they may be right for you I know you're spending day. all your money on chemotherapy but here's a BOGO uh, coupon for, uh, for tacos <laughs> yeah yeah um, so I assume when all this is so when does this start um, I don't know how to put it. When does this start? Actually, I I very recently lost someone lost someone to uh to a brain uh brain cancer. Oh shit! Um, I'm sorry, but it was. I mean, it's all right, man. Um, but but did it at any point start affecting during this? But before before the light at the end of the tunnel was was perhaps a little brighter mm-hmm. during this during the shit yourself days, right? Um, the salad days, the salad shooting days, <laughs> the salad shooting days. Yeah, during the salad. Uh, the shooting. salad help or not? <laughs> oh boy, I'll have to get back to you on that D- one. Did you notice your brain? Like, like what I'm saying? Were you being very philosophical and sitting down and having time to be existential about this, or were you kind of too fucked up to even do that? If that makes any sense, I don't no, know. good question. No, I initially I embraced um, not the metaphysical, but let's put it this way. I, I believed, and I still believe, that um, in order to beat something like cancer or to at least deal with something like cancer, sure. you have to be firing on all cylinders in your life, whether yeah. it's physically, like you need to be strong and healthy, yeah. um, have, eat a good diet and all those things. Um, but I think also to be mentally strong, you know, you need to convince yourself or at least have that right frame of mind um, that this is something you can do. I think you also need to be spiritually strong. I don't mean you need to be someone who prays a lot or is devoutly religious. I just mean you have to be centered and, and be okay with what's going on in your life and not be unfocused and, and just the things that probably we should all be doing in our daily life right, anyway. Right. And obviously I was guilty of not doing it just because I lived a normal life and a normal life that just had well, this is the thing. things there's, coming and going. There's yeah. an immense amount of pseudoscience and nonsense that particularly gets attracted to people. Of like, course. Gets, so like, they, they almost swoop on people yeah, who they're, are very they're, ill. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're vulnerable. But, they're um, desperate. But there's also... I mean, there's also a this lot is, of. This is no time to bring on my dating life. I don't. I don't even know why we're bringing romance into this because, you know, he was talking about pseudoscience, and then you have to come in with a play a drop, but uh, <laughs> finish him. <laughs> See, that's what we need a professional. It's, all, it's all Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Katana wins. But there, there is also a lot of evidence that. Um, Mental health leads direct is directly is very closely connected to physical health. Absolutely, and sleep. We had a whole episode on that. And uh, when you're depressed, you get less sleep. When you, sleep is extremely necessary for every physiological process of in the body. We just feel better when you have when you get enough sleep. Yeah, when you're yeah. sleep deprived, you feel like shit. And, and when you're in a situation like that, like all the help you can possibly get to make yourself feel as n- as le- yeah. least shit as you can. Why gonna- leave a horse in the barn? You know, why leave? Why will leave a good race horse in the barn if there's something that can that can potentially help and it's not going to hurt? Why not? Well, but did you, did find- you try a lot of other like quote unquote alternative medicines during yeah, this? Yeah, there's a whole chapter like- about it, and I, I was not the kind of guy who would. I never dabbled in that. It was. It's becoming way me. obvious to you. We didn't read the book, huh? I just assumed that wasn't a part you got to. <laughs> Everyone else is nodding like, yeah, you sure did. We actually had a listener. We had a listener tweet to ask us to ask you specifically about the alt med 
stuff you did during treatment. Yeah, so I hesitate. So I did, but I hesitate to ascribe. It's a weird thing because all the stuff that all the pseudoscience or or new age or whatever you want to call it, it's hard because I know people who did it, and I know people who embraced it. I know people who dove in head first and and made it a part of their lives, and and they didn't make it, and right, and they died, and it's, so it's shitty to be. It feels shitty to me to be like, this will help, and this is makes a big difference when it doesn't always make the difference. Right. Well, the, the way I feel about things like that mm. is, um, I know various people who've been affected by cancer and got very annoyed by the constant suggestions from other oh, people. Yeah. Like, here's, oh, yeah. here's what you should be doing, because not only is it, well, mostly it's bullshit anyway, but also yep. it's it's quite an insult to the person who's going through this to think... It is. Oh, uh, do you think? Oh, fuck! I I hadn't thought to Google cancer cures. Like, it's just <laughs> that's a novel idea. Oh, right. who knew? Who knew? Right. Like the very first link on YouTube. That's a tumor tip, it, by the way. Google cancer Google cures. Google cancer yeah. cures. <laughs> yeah. So like they got very annoyed by that, but at the same time, I had a friend tell me to stop using deodorant because right. he was like, "That that'll keep cancer." The aluminum I'm gives like, you. Oh, uh, I'm right of the game. Got already got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying so. no. But that's exactly like you should go. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Like and you. I, I've now got a team of oncologists who yeah. spent many years at medical school studying but a specific subject. Still, drink more orange juice. Yeah, but drink a lot more orange drink juice. Drink a lot more orange juice because I have vitamin C. Um, but yeah, I think when, you, when, when you're faced with... I don't want to tell... I, I haven't been faced with death, but I imagine like it's sort of like... Yes, you have. I want to try everything possible at this point if you have yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, this specter of death looming over you. But so, I also oh. had an internal sort of gauge of just for my own self of what I'm like... That sounds good. I'd like to try that. That's bullshit. I'm not going to stop wearing deodorant. You know what I mean? Those yeah. kinds of things. Yep. Well, even things like you were saying, the um, when it uh, staying staying focused and staying mentally strong throughout it, I do sort of think it's like kind of a whatever gets you through the night type deal. Yeah. It's well, like, look, I don't believe in fucking crystal therapy, but if it's going to get me through my day. It's whatever, well, a, man. A while ago, my my dad had cancer, and he's thankfully several years in remission now. But um, he had so, he went to some naturalist who gave him some green shit to drink, and he was also going to an oncologist and getting chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And if he if he was doing that stuff as an alternative to the medical treatment, then I would have really I would have stepped in and said something and harangued him. Of course, but he checked with his oncologist who confirmed that the stuff he was taking didn't interfere with any of his drugs and at that point again the placebo effect is a real is a very real measurable thing it's a real effect uh, the yeah. um just feeling good and feeling like you're taking active well, process to help yourself is something so i'm not going to dance around going ah, it's all bullshit it's bullshit when it is helping him in a way but just being healthy enough like in yeah. terms of nutrition and diet and exercise just being healthy enough that your body is fighting off the um the effects of chemotherapy and radiation i mean that's a very mechanical obvious thing that yeah. you know, chemo and radiation fucks you up pretty bad and if you're strong enough to sort of withstand that it's like you know making a strong enough dam to withstand uh, a tidal wave or, or, or a hurricane or whatever it's like if you build that dam strong enough there's some damage done but it's not nearly as bad as it could be yeah. right yeah you're not gonna flood it's the absolutely the case that you want to be in the best physical shape you can to deal yeah. with the the kicking that you're going to get from the treatment so totally. you did you did chemo prior to radiation no did at the same time 
Same time. Six weeks of both. So and that's you wore a, a horrifying mask. When you, I didn't know what I that did. mask was involved in, in the radiation treatment. For is. the brain radiation, yeah, they, they put the mask on me. So what they did was they take this. There's a picture of it in there if you want to find it. But they take this plastic thing that looks like a tennis racket. It's basically like a plastic tennis racket. They heat it up super hot in, hot, in, in warm water. And then they put it over my face so it molds to my face. Sure. And then they clamp it down to the, to the slab, basically, because... They're pinpointing so meticulously, so accurately, the lasers that they want to uh, make sure it doesn't hit other parts of my brain. Wow. So yeah, it I becomes this, this Brian Bishop Shroud of Turin sort of thing that yeah. you have like this. And then, of course, when I'm done, it's so tight. It's crisscross patterns. When I'm done, I look like a fucking pink, you know, Godzilla, like a pink lizard. <laughs> right? Wow. Uh, wow. It's like someone's playing one of those sunbathing pranks on you yeah. and they've just written on exactly. you in sunblock. Exactly. <laughs> a perfect crisscross pattern on my face in sunblock. So let me ask you this. When, when you were diagnosed... Um, I know so very, very little about all this, but like when you were you diagnosed, the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're getting to. And people can read the book and they can, they're going to be able to buy it on Amazon and you they can, can click it, on you that know link. What? You can go to probably science.com, which yeah. is powered by Squarespace. I don't you, know if I mentioned that. Oh. And we'll have a link there to directly buy the book. You can pre-order it. It'll be on sale on April 29th. I, Andy, I, yes. don't, I don't think uh, it's going to cost a lot to get our professional webmasters to add that link yeah you yeah. know to- what matt you'd be surprised really? what, it's actually something i can just do in just, like 10 seconds that? yeah but you're gonna spend an hour yeah. doing yeah it. you're coding it and all sorts again of- brian i appreciate your skepticism i know that you were skeptical of all these alternative medicines uh-huh. in the same way you're skeptical no that's that just real that, that, what i just okay. said was but you're, you're saying how could it be so easy to build and maintain your website i didn't i didn't even realize that you had a you had a coding degree i didn't i didn't even realize you were Jesse, a website i don't even need a degree to do this We'll explain Literally yourself a little. Anybody could. I'm saying not only. I don't need a degree. I don't even need to know how to type. I wait. I, I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. <laughs> I went too far. I've gone too far. You okay, listeners, you type. do need to know how to type. Okay, that's the first time of exaggerating. But I think podcast. if you have the skills and ability to access our podcast, if you've already managed to do yes, that and you're listening to us point. right now, then you can create your own you website at squarespace.com. You don't even need a computer. No, you do need Jesse, a computer. Jesse, Jesse, you do need a computer. However, if you have a computer, a computer and oh. the ability to type, then you can go to probably, so you can go to squarespace.com and you can put in the offer code probably science and you can get a free trial. That sounds way too fucking expensive. And 10% off your first purchase. 10% what? off your first purchase. You can do everything through Squarespace. You can register domains through them. Uh, you can create uh, your own professional website or online portfolio and it's an easy drag and drop interface. Everything's uh, what you see is what you get. It's really it's easy to It's extremely customizable. It's extremely cool easy to change template. things yeah. and add things. Uh, so do it. Such as a link to, to Amazon for, link for, to for Amazon. shrinkage. So you can order shrinkage, the new And we're gonna Brian we're Bishop. gonna put the link in through our Amazon our affiliate. Amazon link as well. Yeah. Our Amazon affiliates link. If you're buying anything on Amazon, you can go through the Squarespace uh powered <laughs> probably science.com. You can I'm adding too many things in there. Okay. Inception style sponsorship <laughs> nesting here. But you can go to the Squarespace powered probably science.com and you can click on the Amazon tab and if you're buying anything through Amazon, it costs you no extra money. Uh but if you go through that link, then we get a little bit of a kickback and it helps support us. So thank Man, you very much. That Andy seems parched. Man, that was a lot you know what <laughs> that I was a long thirsty. That was a nice tight five minute read. Yeah. Yeah. I can open a fresh Lagunitas IPA. <laughs> wow the Andy are you talking of- about an India pale ale? A Lagunitas, you that's say? That's the one. That's oh, that's delicious. Now oh. let me tell you something. I'm a beer snob, and that is good beer. It's good I mean, beer. That, that is that is like top shelf. And thanks to our listener Scott Burley, who works at Lagunitas up in Petaluma, California, we are now sponsored by them. They are providing us with all the beer we could ever wait. No, Let's hold tight because no, they haven't actually. You bought that beer. We haven't. They yeah, haven't no. actually sent us I'm any. I'm being yet. optimistic that he's going to come through on the promise. They do just gonna... keep saying we'll send you guys beer, but then we. I've noticed you have just been buying it every week. <laughs> buying every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe this is their plan to increase sales by. 
just telling many, many people. <laughs> it's very <laughs> grassroots. It's super yeah, grassroots. Does Carol ever do this sort of fingers crossed sponsorship where he starts plugging it, hoping eventually something comes that's, of it? That's the, uh, that's the, uh, it's the Costner model. Yeah, it's the, the foundation <laughs> of our whole business model. <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, when did you actually approach Dr. Drew about what your condition? I would assume he's a resource. Believe it or not, tap. I never did. It was Corolla who called him immediately after talking to me because I had to, you know, I had to talk back to my parents or whatever. I mean, I called my parents already, but I had to call them back and yeah. whatever. So Adam immediately after talking to me called Drew for the straight poop on, you know, what what's what's going on, what's going down. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt the uh, the uh, Lagunitas idea. No, that was it. I'm just okay. drinking Lagunitas. It's delicious. <laughs> it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. Here. Um, so he called him and. Uh, was basically like, hey, Brian just called me with this fucking thing. What's going on? And Drew's like, oh, if it's growing, it's bad news. And Adam's like, well, I think that's how they found it because it was growing. It's like, that's pretty bad news. Oof. And so, uh, Drew's usually right about these things. Thank God he was wrong this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, it was bad news, but thank God it wasn't the end. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, no. Because like, you were saying like someone else he had accurately diagnosed as having a... You know, two months to yeah. live. They've lived like well, seven was, weeks or something. Like he's he's been yeah. spot on before. It was Adam's wife's friend, like best friend, and she was thirty three or whatever with that pancreatic cancer or something. That is one those of those lines. ones. That was like Patrick Swayze, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and, and Bill was, Hicks. And Bill, yeah, pan- oh, really? pancreatic has no no known cures. They, yeah, but she was gone within six months. God. Yeah. So so how advanced was it when they found it in you? I guess that was my question. I. Well, here's the thing, because they. So they can't operate on it because it's in the way my doctor explained it to me, the Beverly Hills of real estate, of the brain. It's just too, you can't go in there, you can't operate. They can't even biopsy it because biopsy It's just surrounded carries, by too many important... Yeah, cranial nerves and things that control breathing. And of course, in my case, the nerves that it affected were, you know, my facial you know, nerves and uh, the control in my left side and everything. Which and, is why you were having all those problems with the initial symptoms. Yeah, correct. Wow. And uh, so, um, what was the question? Well, how 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 far along? Was oh, it how far along? Yeah, um, it was. They weren't able to tell because they couldn't biopsy it. They couldn't tell exactly exactly what it was, exactly how long it had been there. A lot of these tumors, these specific ones, are juvenile tumors. They they've been there for decades oh, in people. Wow. So, oh wow, I could have had mine since I was a little kid. And it's okay. been sitting there dormant the entire time. I didn't know if the, if this was a shoulda coulda situation where they're like, hey, if only had you come in, in a year ago. No, because they the only way they would have ever known is had I come in for something else and the MRI'd and they were like, holy shit, look at this thing. Right. But, and but, then the same treatment would have to yeah, go down. Pretty of course. much. And you wow. talked about MRIs versus uh, CAT scans in <clears throat> right. the book also. Like one of them is is the sort of. Uh, well, it was Drew himself who, who basically said you don't want to get too many CAT scans or PET CT scans or whatever because because it, that's X-ray. Yeah and, yeah, and if you're getting one, that's one thing. But if you have cancer, you're probably going to get more than one. And because, so most of today's you know top oncologists go for MRIs. Well, because a uh, CAT scans use a it's it's not just like getting a two D X-ray either. It's because it's getting X-rays and cro- uh, it's getting a cross section of your brain. It's getting or whatever body part mm, they're right. X-raying. It's just a whole heap of X-rays in one go. Yeah. So it's very well, high it was just your brain, but you had like pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Like, hey, brain just looks great. Have a look at it. Yeah. Just want to have a look. Uh, mm. But MRI scan is magnetic resonance imaging. Yeah. It's a big alternating magnetic field that causes. Remember rightly, it causes. It basically causes the bits, certain bits in the brain to give off certain radiation. You're looking at me as if I'm going to give you confirmation. Sure, uh, Matt. All yes. I know is it's a big, it's a big alternating magnetic field. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, have you guys ever had an MRI? I have had an MRI. It's crazy. Uh, your brain or on your body? I had a, I had an MRI when I was younger because I had a problem with my back, and then I had one recently. How and we're going to talk about this. I'm 34. How long ago was that? This was when I was a kid, though. They had MRIs back then. Yeah, I think so. In okay. Britain. It's free oh, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Uh, they are but, our betters, Brian. I don't know if you know this. They talk. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would have been about 14 or something. It no, that was it. That was years ago. 
That was clearly just a guy with a magnet. You shouldn't have done that. That was a creepy... That was Wile E. Coyote. It's one of those fishing games, just magnetic fishing games. I'm pretty sure I got an MRI. But I had one recently, and we're going to have him on the show at some point to talk about this, a researcher who had me... This wasn't a medical scan. He had me in an MRI scanner looking at which bits of my brain lit up when I was trying to think of jokes. He's, he's oh, doing so a functional MRI. MRI. That, so that was a functional MRI, ah, which is different awesome. from a... As opposed to a... Well, a MRI is just... Uh, well, you can explain a lot better than I, I could. Like, no, I honestly can't. If you, you had it more... Well, MRI just gives you a, 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 an image of your brain that you can scan through and flip through pictures and make it look you know bigger or smaller. It's a still photograph. Uh-huh. A functional MRI is like a real-time what's lighting up in the brain based on oh, okay, you know, if okay. you're telling a lie or if you're laughing at something or sexually aroused or whatever it is. It'll, it'll, it just shows it'll, which... I do all three of those at once, which is so weird. Oh, okay. Guys, like I am not, <laughs> I am not sexually aroused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the that's probably the perfect example. That was the only that was the lying, prime, laughing. And that was the prime aroused. example. Yeah. Wow, that'd be well, cool though. It'd be an interesting episode. Those are those are crazy. Those fMRIs. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be spoiling anything if we talk about the third act of the book at all. But um, tread so lightly. You, yeah. <laughs> you went through chemo and radiation treatment, mm-hmm. but you also happened to be the timing of you getting this diagnosis was kind of fortuitous. Because there was a drug that was uh, that was legalized uh, around yeah. the time that the diagnosis came. Correct. Out, correct? Is it weed, man? Is- <laughs> hey, final hey, sweet breath. Now, what so the doctors was, uh, don't want you to know is that that's going to shrink your teeth. <laughs> the doctors won't tell you. What the doctors, this flaxseed aioli is going to... That's the thing. Like, for, after all that treatment, uh, Brian just weed. clicked on one of those links on the side of a website. <laughs> right. Oh, acai berries. This one housewife secret got him through the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. This one housewife secret drives all the professionals nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, yeah, there, there, was, there was a drug called a, there is a drug called Avastin, and it was recently had recently been approved by the FDA to treat colorectal cancer because the way it works is it's more of a stu- the doctor my doctor explained it to me that it's more of a super steroid than an actual chemotherapy it arrests the growth of new blood vessels which is how tumors grow mm-hmm. right. invade by you know blood vessels and they grow and everything and um it works in in brain tumor patients at least in some of them and well, is this the kind of thing they would only give you if it were inoperable if it were operable they would operate and not so, do these things or actually it's, it, it, it it's one of the biggest risk groups for people taking Avastin is people who've recently had surgery because it, it in, in that it also prevents blood vessel growth. It also prevents sort of you know healing and sure. You, like for example, one of my side effects when I take it is that uh, when I floss, I bleed. My gums bleed a little more than normal okay. because just the natural bleeding tendencies. Right. Um, Unlike your your normal flossing, which is just a crazy barbed yeah, wire. That's right. Just normal blood just bath flow right through there and yeah yeah. So the with with the Avastin, people. Either they basically fall into three groups: people who don't respond, which sucks; people who respond a little bit, and people who are super responders. And very, very fortunately, I found fell into the last group. That's great. And it really, it really turned things around for me. And uh, I mean, I have you know, it's as much a credit with saving my life as anything. That's amazing. Um, I'm very wow. fortunate that it was you know just been approved. Yeah, and that's fuck you, Christy. You don't still, you don't still take that <laughs> as no, much that as anything. <laughs> Are you on any current? Are you on any, any drugs right now? Or yeah, is, I'm still on Avastin. I started oh, okay. off getting it every two weeks. You haven't seen these bleeding gums? Look That's at this right. guy, <laughs> all over the mic. And so <laughs> you're gonna want to change this mic socket, yeah, or leave it. Yeah, it's, uh, and <laughs> I um, I'll sign it for you. In my, in my own blood. <laughs> sign the bloody mic suck. 
<laughs> tack it on the wall. We get a like, wall of them. Yeah. You know what would uh, really um, help clean up those gums is some Lagunitas uh, <laughs> IPA. I feel the 6.5% uh, <laughs> just clean everything yeah, up in there. If, so you heard last week, so you know you know what happened when I got the little something something ale, oh, that's which was 7.5%. I love the little something ale. I like it too, but after two of those, and I you got, got feisty on the podcast. A little bit, little feisty. Uh, the little delightful. The the Pilsner is wonderful. The IPA is one of my favorites. And the pale ale is quite good too. They have a whole roster of great beers. In case I, I now have. If actually, they don't send you beer, go back and cut all this out. Oh yeah, we're editing all this out if they don't send us beer. Oh, just like like a fart sound underneath the whole of that bit. <laughs> exactly. So finish, throwing up. Finish him. Where uh, are the rest of our drops? That, that is Andy's fart wins. Um, I actually have. I've looked up now how MRI machines work. Just. Why not? Given that this is a science podcast, and we're talking about you know medical treatment, which is mm-hmm. science either. Uh, let's get a little bit more technical. So MRI machines. Uh. They, uh, human body made up of atoms, as as everything is. Uh, oh, shit. They're randomly spinning, <laughs> spinning or precessing, which is the technical term, on their axes. Uh, and all the atoms are going in various directions, but when placed in a magnetic field, the atoms line up in the direction of the field. Uh, these hydrogen atoms have a, the hydrogen atoms have a strong magnetic moment, which means in the field, they line up in the direction of that field. Uh, now... Since the field runs straight down the center of the machine, they line up so they're either pointing towards the patient's feet or the head. That some of them are in one way, some of them in the other way. So a lot of the fields cancel each other out, but there is a difference. There is a slight imbalance in that, and that tiny imbalance is enough for the signal to get through. Um, So that's the first part of it. That's the magnetic bit. Then the radio frequency pulse, which is the second part of the machine, they apply radio frequency pulse that's specific to hydrogen. So I guess it's whatever the resonance frequency is of the hy- of hydrogen atoms. Uh, it forces them to spin at a particular frequency in a particular direction, uh, which is called the Lamour frequency. Wow. And no it's wonder cal- it's so expensive. Right? And it's calculated based on the particular tissue being imaged and the strength of that main magnetic field. So the different tissues... Uh, resonate at different frequencies? Yeah. Is that kind of um, so, so you can tell the difference between bone tissue and and yeah. skin tissue yeah. and, Brain the, tissue. Tumor, and yeah. the tumor tissue. Yeah, uh, and you get um, the three. Uh, there are th- there are three gradient magnets that are arranged in such a m- manner inside the main magnet that when they're turned on and off rapidly, they alter the main magnetic field at a local level, so they can pick exactly which area they want a picture of, which is referred to as a slice. So you get the, the image in slices, almost like if you sort of sliced up a yeah, loaf of bread. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then they put the slices back together to get the 3D image. Yep. That's if you've ever seen them scan. I mean, you probably haven't because you probably haven't had MRIs of your brain look looked at by yourself. But they scroll through I've them seen, and it, and it like kind of grows. Out. It gets bigger yeah. as it goes yeah. to the middle, then gets smaller. As yeah, it's it like a camera going through slices. your skull. Yeah. yeah. And so, those and those. There's no negative side effect of getting as many of those as you want. You I'm sure we'll find out somebody that it gives you cancer. But um, but it's right, not. But like, no, I think uh, it's it's not ionizing radiation that goes through you. It's right. a magnetic field and it's radio. Uh, radio waves, which are not ionizing. Yeah. Well, let's let's slow down for a second and let everyone who's fast forwarded through that catch up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. We got a requisite science in there. Welcome yeah, back. Yeah. And I think everyone's getting some hot tips on what to do if you start to have numbness in one side of your body and you're jumping rope and your left That's leg right. trips the rope up. Like, oh my god, I just tripped yesterday. Go to a doctor. Yeah. When are you going to drop the English accent? <laughs> uh, when I'm paid enough money by an American right. production. <laughs> so. Are you- are you? Can you? Can you do the? Uh, can you do the American accent? I'd like to hear Not that. well enough. I'd no, like no, no, no. I'm really. I'd really like to hear that. Well, well, you can just keep waiting. You know what is but really fun? Describe though? the MRI to me, and as a southerner, <laughs> <laughs> as a man from Tennessee. I work. I work with Matt on. Uh, I mean, 
We've talked about the show. Who's yes, Matt? It's not a, <laughs> uh, we work on Ridiculousness, the MTV show hosted right. by Rob Deerdeck. Um, and it's a clip show. It's like Tosh.0. Oh. I mean, I'm not going to call it lowbrow, but no, yeah, it's lowbrow. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, people getting- It has a wide appeal. Has a, it, it, yeah, <laughs> they cast their net wide and uh, they catch a lot of people uh, getting hit in the nuts while skateboarding and things of that nature. That's my go-to reference. It's the bread and butter. The, what the, the, if you had to pick like the, the median clip- of the show is a skateboarder <laughs> getting nutted by his own skateboard. The uh, mode clip would be someone falling on the razor scooter and yeah. <laughs> hitting their taint. But uh, Matt works on the show also, and it's delightful to hear him pitch <laughs> jokes and category <laughs> ideas for how, how can we group together all of these people who have had, um, yeah, skateboards go up their butt crack, <laughs> like in a, and it's in a, that delightful accent. Yeah. It's like I think that's part of what your charm is. You bring this. Uh, I think sense I have. Of- I think I have an above average hit rate, just because people are like, oh, that sounds good. It's got an. It is. It's the delivery method. On, it's coming right. out of coming out of this delightful mouth uh, with that delightful accent. It's like, well, we can fool ourselves into thinking we're a little highbrow, more highbrow yeah, than we yeah, are. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting there. It's interesting. Um, and Matt got to go to the first live taping. I saw uh, a live taping on Saturday with me, which which was pretty great. I saw David Arquette. Am I allowed to announce that yet? Is that? I think we're allowed to talk about what happens on there. Well, people right? in the studio audience saw him, so that that news is yeah, out. Yeah, I yeah. love David Arquette. David Arquette was a nut, like in the best possible yeah. way. I'm not no, he's, like he's, he's off his rocker. Yeah, 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 he was great. He brought in a marionette of Rob. That he he's, made he's himself. In, he's into puppets. He's into marionettes. He's a so he had a marionette made of Rob Deerdeck. He has the the distinction. Uh, this is only interesting to people who know the Adam Carolla show. But what, when Adam was doing Love Line one night, way back in the day, probably around 2000 or 2001, um, he's talking about David Arquette about how nuts he is. He's, uh, extemporaneously, he's not in the yeah. studio. He's just talking one night, like we are right now. Like David Arquette's nuts. Within half an hour, David Arquette shows up at the studio. <laughs> so not even called in. No! Listening. Yeah. He just showed he's up. Like, he's like, I heard you talking about me. He's like, what? <laughs> in 2007, 2008, whatever it was, we're on the radio show, the morning show. It's probably 6.30 in the morning. And we're like, remember that time David Arquette just fucking randomly showed up at Loveline? He's fucking crazy. 20 minutes later, David <laughs> Arquette walks into the studio. He's like, heard you talking about me. He's like, what? What are wow. you doing here? Is he going to come here? Outside. It's very Beetlejuice. Yeah. If he shows up here, I... I it's all, it's all over. times. Yeah. yeah. It's like that story about Lauren Michaels offering money to get the Beatles back together. Have you heard how they were actually... Oh, yeah. It almost happened. Yeah, they were John nearby were debating there. coming over to do that it. That would have been the greatest moment in television history. It would have been so great, yeah. Well, you, you also... you uh, I don't know. I feel like we're giving away too much of your book, but... Uh, it's 230 have, pages. We're okay, not going to give away that yeah, much. It's a good book. It's very funny. It makes you cry. Just don't give away the laugh. ending. What's that? Just don't give away the ending. <laughs> I'll give away the ending. Uh, but there's a chapter we talk about you like your uplifting playlist, like your yeah. Uh, I just made that today. Songs. I just made it today on songs. I'm gonna post it so people can actually download it oh, and nice, listen nice. to it if they listen to the or read the book or listen to the audio book or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I woke up one morning with this weird desire, this weird notion that I had to make a feel good playlist because sure. I was about to get chemotherapy, I was about to get radiation, and on my way to the hospital, on my way back, and when I was just needed uplifting i needed some feel good songs to listen to and so i started just going through my library of songs and putting them all together and, and i get the impression up. that's a large library of songs as well you strike me as someone who has a lot of music yeah but but it was a good yes but it was a good distraction to have to look through whatever thousands of songs there were and uh it was nice i ended up with a feel good playlist that i still listen to today you had um, that ringo Starr song that yeah some beatles backstory to it jesse and i are big beatles heads yeah Maybe so uh, it don't to, come easy know. by ringo Starr is on my list yeah which is a good song and a great song and it's a nice i took it as a nice message of anything worth accomplishing 
is worth going through a lot of shit. You know, if you it, it, it don't come easy. You know, if you if you got to pay no, your dues, don't come. Yeah, yeah. if you want to sing the blues, you got to pay your dues. <laughs> you got you got to go through a lot of shit to get to something that's worth getting to. But the thing about the, the song is, it it's a very George Harrison song. I mean, it's hard to listen to it and not think that he wrote that song. And right, I've never heard this. This really, story. that's yeah, the urban yeah. legend. Is and I, I think it's just true. Is that George Harrison? Upon leaving the Beatles, was the one who had the most bursting creativity because he had been, you know, he's the one who's coming into his own as a musician and has this backlog of songs. He's the youngest too, right? And the youngest, twenty six, and, and he only got a, a couple songs on any album at any one time, uh, at the most at any one time. Yeah, his first solo record was incredible. Oh, Afterwards, yeah, he was I just must pass as like the best post Beatles. Uh, I might tie. I don't know. Fuck, Band on the Run is phenomenal. Band on the Run's Come great, on, but dude, like, like so, Paul McCartney had like junk. Which is one of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. just the song "Junk" by Paul McCartney. But it's like he still wrote that with the Beatles. They had all this stuff yeah. that was never on a post right. "Let It Be" record, and then it's just used it themselves. Yeah, I think George had the best post Beatles career when you talk about not bottoming out. Yeah, like the others did. Yeah, yeah. But be that as it may, okay. He had the songs that were overstocked, and I think Ringo, as much as we all love Ringo, it was the least. Uh, had the least songwriting prowess. Yes. Yeah, he had a lot of covers and undersea yes. themes. Ringo was a sweet, underwater. sweet man with a winning yeah. personality, but maybe not much of a songwriter. So I think his buddy George did him a solid and said, "Hey, here's a here's a hit," and it was wow. I, wow. Have you heard that the rumor that he wrote that? Song I never heard that him? rumor. I heard the rumor that. But he, you think about the song; it's a very George it's Harrison super, sounding. It's a very Clapton-y song, I think. Also, yes. kind of. it almost sounds well, like "Let It Rain." Circles. It almost sounds like, yes. doesn't it? Well, they're running in the same woman. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um... That's I, what uh, I meant by circles. Yeah. yeah. That, that, they are shaped like that. I, th- I think that... Um, I, uh, <laughs> kind of women you're hanging out with. Yeah, yeah. I Just ones that he's drawn using those guidelines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a big circle for the body, a smaller circle yeah. for the head, and then you fill in the details later. And the feathers with my hand. <laughs> um, I, I always heard that uh, Octopus's Garden... Was written by uh, was written by Ringo because he was on he was on a yacht with Peter Sellers and they were eating calamari. Really? Wait, yeah. Did Ringo write Octopus's Garden? I think he did. I think he yeah. wrote uh, Yellow Submarine. Okay, Yellow Submarine. No, Yellow Submarine was for sure Lennon McCartney. Oh, it was I'm he just not about ninety five percent sure. Oh, okay. Oh no, I'm thinking it get by. That'll help my friends. Shit. Now I've got. Now I got to look it up. Look it up. Here's the only things I know for sure. Well, Octopus actually, Garden all I know was, for sure is which ones he's saying. Octopus Garden was for sure written by. I know he said well, his song Submarine written by Paul credited to Lennon McCartney. There you go. Oh, well, really? his but but Ringo's songwriting credits on the albums are still Starkey. Yep. So I think I remember the parentheses Starkey. Like I think I'm having like by a, Octopus a, Garden. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think I'm having like a I photographic. Yes. Because like, <laughs> Abbey Road is my favorite Beatles album. Me too. So I, Abbey Road's I, the I great. It. Yeah, so man. Great. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, Octopus's Garden is written by Ringo Starr. Hey. Credit is Richard Starkey. Boom. Zach Starkey playing for Oasis now. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. Are you an Oasis fan? I am, and I've... It's my favorite band. Are you serious? Yeah. Have you met them? I have not had the pleasure. I have a very weird Oasis... I have. I have a very weird Oasis story. Let's do it. Um, I don't know this. Do it. I want to hear it. <laughs> Probably um, not science. <laughs> this isn't This isn't science at all, but it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, when I was living in Nashville... Um, I was, uh, wound up making pretty good friends with Zach Starkey's, uh, new stepfather with his, his stepfather. Cause we'll <laughs> Watch no. your toes drop some very tangential <laughs> Is his names mom here. Barbara Bach? His mom's Maureen. Maureen's Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, right. so when Ringo and Maureen divorced, she married this new guy. And, uh, anyway, he's, he was in Nashville. I was friends with him. Oasis was playing the Ryman Auditorium and we got like backstage passes 
right? Um, so we go, and I was smoking a lot of pot at the time, and I always had, uh, and I had just bought some for my friend Michael, who is the most straight-laced, like, Catholic dude ever, but we used to keep it in pill bottles. Mm-hmm. We used to keep the, the marijuana in pill bottles, and he had used one of his mom's, like, pill bottles or something. So I had it with me. We're backstage. Oasis is being very, very standoffish and Oasis-y. And uh, I just say, hey, you know, and, and we're sitting there. And then the bass player, Jim, uh, he, he's a, does anyone have any weed? You know, and uh, and and I was and I'm all anxious because I'm like 17. And I'm like, I, I do. Matter of fact, sir, I do. Sir, Mr. Rock and Roller, I <laughs> certainly have some uh, cannabis for you. And uh, I thought we were all going to smoke together. They just took it from <laughs> me. They just took. They just Thank took, you. Yeah, they just took the pot. And uh, they were doing a they were doing a uh, and that was, I thought, the end of my Oasis story. Cut to a few days later. Um, the Mexican border calls Michael's mom no because what? they got busted at the border and they had the pill bottle oh my god and i just thought that is the most like christmas story moment <laughs> of just like br- like she thinks her kid's the most innocent kid then like british rock stars have drugs uh, from him and it's, it's like, very almost famous yeah it's super that's weird awesome that's amazing i have never heard that story. that's my oasis story, story. <laughs> uh but yeah um they for their encore um it was really weird because uh, Ringo wouldn't teach his kids how to play drums. So Keith Moon taught Zach Starkey to play. No shit. So he plays a low jazz kit. He plays exactly like Keith Moon. Um, and when I was watching them, they did um, uh, they did I Am The Walrus for yeah. their encore. I was at that tour. And yeah, so they did, they did I Am The Walrus for their encore. And it was pretty amazing to watch because he looks just like his dad. And the way I was standing backstage, I could only see him. You know, because I didn't want to like peek out and the crowd would see me and stuff. Um, so it was like for a minute, I sort of pretended I was at like a Beatles show they never played. Oh, uh, it's so you know what I mean. It was pretty cool. I could be wrong about this, but I think Zach Starkey also played in a band with my friend Kirsty Newton, who's married to Nick Doody now, who is former guest on the show. Oh wow, but he was in the Who a- for a while. He was, yeah, which makes sense again because he plays exactly like Keith Moon. Yeah, he's great. So yeah, little trivia. Uh, there it is. There it is. You know what, Brian? The sole reason we had you on is I'm, oh. I'm hoping I can recruit you to join my pub trivia team at some point. Let's do it. Let's do it. Nice. Where do you, where do you, where do you play? Uh, I go to um, 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 Fox and Hounds sometimes in Studio City. It's too far. Sorry. Okay. Do it. And it's Ball One also in Studio City. Join oh, one on the west side, preferably in my neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> I was a former uh, past guest in the show. Riley Newton and I joined forces to form a team that won the Portland Citywide nice. Pub Trivia Championship uh, a few years back. My greatest, my greatest pub trivia moment i was in a team i was on a team once that we were at we did it at hooters in santa monica and uh it was you know probably probably 15 or 20 other teams and the winner of the league got an all you can it really was kind of a booby prize the winner of the of the league that year got an all you can eat wings party at hooters <laughs> which you don't want to have all you can eat wings you, no, you want to no. have just enough to a eat limit. wings. you want to have a limit yeah. Have, yeah. yeah unlimited is is not good at hooters but infinite wings is dangerous you had to have someone from the team show up just to get the points that week. You know, whether or not you won or whatever, you at least had to show up to stay in the game. Yeah. At least one person. So, you know, schedules being what they are, one week it worked out to where I showed up and no one else showed up on my team. I'm the only one there. I'm like, oh, well, at least you get the points for me showing up. 
I won that night. Nice. I beat everyone you in the place. Alone. That was my, that was my nice. greatest. Well, you, did a, you did a solo pub trivia victory. I did. I did. That's incredible, man. Doesn't it was it my greatest moment. The winning team name, don't you feel kind of like, aren't you kind of sheepishly like, I really oh, was I very sheepish. Be, I was yeah, like, I'm sitting I here all like alone. I'm sitting here all alone drinking a beer and eating right. wings. And I beat all you people. <laughs> very. That's awesome. It was uh, embarrassing and awesome. We got to play together sometime, definitely. I, oh, by the way, we didn't mention that you were on Who Wants to Be who, Yeah, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, I was. And you, you did very well. Pretty I did. Victor- I would say that's a victory. The good news is about who wants to be a millionaire is you can walk away with money at almost any level and still right. say you won. Uh, but I won a hundred thousand dollars. That's incredible. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was very good going. Thank you. What was the last question you got correct? Do you remember? I, uh, did you did you walk away with the I money? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, because that's um, not one of the safe amounts. $100,000. No, that's one of the I, ones where you have to choose was, to. Yes, I was facing a two hundred fifty thousand dollars question, and had I lost it, I would have gone back down to twenty five or sixteen or whatever the next. You made the perfect call, man. That's a good amount what, of money. What was, was, that a lot what of was the question you walked on? Uh, the question I walked on was what city's news in nineteen oh four? What city's newspaper hosted the first ever spelling bee? And it was Cincinnati, Louisville, Charlotte. Or whatever the last one was, which obviously wasn't the one. Uh, okay. Wait, okay. Hold let, on. me, let me let me. Or maybe Sorry. Sacramento. Yeah. Cincinnati, Louisville, Charlotte, or Sacramento. That's one of those questions where I don't. I'm gonna, I, don't I don't even. Ha- I wouldn't even know where to begin. Thinking. I would think you'd begin with like all the spelling bees are Scripps Howard related. So if you know anything about where is it related to where, like, where that's based, I don't know where Scripps Howard is based. Or- that's a good question, and that's a good instinct. My instinct was so I was a journalism major for two years in college, and I was a journalism nerd for many years before that. So I knew that my hunch was it was a newspaper called the Bee, and I knew that oh, um, right it wasn't Sacramento because Sacramento it's Cincinnati, is Cincinnati, right? I Cincinnati thought, Bee? Well, Cincinnati is the Inquirer, and Charlotte is the Observer, and something else is something else. But I didn't know what the... Maybe it was like Nashville or, or Louisville. So I, in my mind, those are my two leading possibilities. But at that point, I'm facing such a huge deficit if I miss it. I don't have any lifelines. I'm like, you know what? This is not worth risking a hunch. I've got $100,000. Yeah. So I walked away. Yeah. And the answer was? The answer was Louisville. Louisville. Oh, yeah. Okay. I never would have guessed Louisville. But I, my, reasoning, my reasoning could have been wrong. It could have been Cincinnati for all I knew. So I was like, this is not worth the risk. Yeah, I just feel, I think I've heard the Cincinnati oh, I, I, I Bee before, but probably in, in a scripts. movie. Well, it could have been an old paper, too. It could have been an old paper that's now defunct. So that's another wrinkle that I was like, I, I can't right. risk this. The American media conglomerate E.W. Scripps Company is based in Cincinnati. So if you've you gone with like, the Scripps angle, because isn't that who sponsors the spelling bees? Uh, I think, I think so, but again, these are all hunches that I would not want to pin yeah. a potential $150,000, no, potential $225,000 loss on. Yeah, yeah. hundred uh, grand. The one I got incredible. right, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you guys, it was when filled to capacity, what city's college football stadium, when filled to capacity, what city with the college football stadium becomes the second largest city, quote unquote, in its state. So, you know what I mean? When the, when the stadium is filled, that becomes the second largest city in the state. Well, I live, I grew up in the town that has the largest college football stadium in the country. So right. I'm curious if it might be my town. Is it, is it, is it also the town that has no. the largest stadium? You're talking about Ann Arbor? Yeah, that's what No, I'm because okay. I knew wow, that. Ah, trivia. Look no, at this it's guy. not Ann Arbor because there's so many other big cities in Michigan. You know, Dearborn's probably bigger and, and Detroit, obviously, and, you know, all these other cities. But, the options were, um, okay, let me see if I can remember. It was uh, um, University of Alabama, University of Tennessee, University of Nebraska, University of something else that I ruled out pretty quickly. It's got to be UT, So right? you're thinking, like, which cities are, you? 
you already know where the colleges are, right. are located and are not. The so biggest. let's say between Alabama, uh, or whatever I said, uh, Alabama, um, Nebraska, Nebraska and, Tennessee. and Tennessee. Wait, I would go. I would go Nebraska. Nebraska then. is Lincoln. I don't know what the biggest city besides Omaha. Lincoln would be. Oh, I'm sorry. But Nashville. I f- I feel like if UT, if that was full, Memphis and Nashville's population would still beat Knoxville's. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I ruled that up pretty quickly. And Alabama was my other choice. I was like. So back and back when Mobile I did it, and Birmingham though, that, yeah, back it's got to well, be Nebraska, right? What it was what, back then, I have, I had one lifeline left, and it was my double dip. Back then, they had something called a double dip, which meant you got to offer two guesses, but you were locked into offering two guesses. But I knew it was either Alabama or, or Nebraska, and uh-huh. I answered Nebraska first, and it was Nebraska. Nice. Nice. That's a pretty ballsy move also at that point then. Well, really. I knew a lot about college football. I knew for a fact it wasn't Tennessee because that didn't make any sense. And if at that point with the lifeline, I felt fairly confident. Yeah. It was worth the risk. No, Did you get – was that just an open call thing getting into that or was that through – were you already involved in Corolla's world at that point? No, it was an open call. It was I, – I, so they don't do – they don't do – um. They don't do tryouts in LA because I don't think they want a lot of show busy types. Okay. They want like, oh, normal sure, people. Sure. So they did a, a tryout in San Diego was the nearest one. And I, it was uh, after the radio, after the morning show, normally I would take a nap, but I drove to San Diego and got there like at noon or whatever it was. And there was like an Indian casino in San Diego. I took the test. I passed the test and I did an interview and they called me and whatever it was. Wow. Later. And they weren't, because I've always thought like if you had some showbiz affiliations that would work against you in getting cast in a game show. I thought really- that too. Um, but it ended up being, I think a selling point for, you know, because it was a unique job that I had, you know, being yeah. a sidekick on a morning show. And they talked about it a lot when they actually, I mean, the clips are on YouTube, you know, it's like, Oh, Adam Crow. We will link sidekick. to those on the Squarespace powered, probably <laughs> science.com. It must be really difficult. <laughs> okay. Are we done with that bit? Uh, <laughs> now, simple. Brian, uh, you're a bald guy. <laughs> you, you also master of segways. Master of segways. You also shave. Shave your face. Mm-hmm. Looks like you shave your face. Not, I do. Not your eyebrows, but nope. it looks like the rest of the face. I'm not like Bob Geldof in uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, did you know that the? Uh, I probably noticed. You know, you see a lot of a lot of beards around. It's becoming a thing. A lot of bearded guys. A lot of right. Very very hot hot thing these days. A lot of beards. It has been a thing. It has been a thing for years. It's been a thing for a while. It might not, Jesse. I'm thinking it might not continue to be a thing. Well. I think it might not either, because you know that this, this uh, beard trend may actually be guided by evolution. Did what? you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> I'm completely serious. This is the science portion of the podcast? <laughs> it's, it's been science. I think it's been it's science. It's been a lot of science, time. but we did. We had one or two stories that we thought directly, that were both topical and we thought directly connected okay. to you. And um, so the ebb and flow of men's beard fashions uh, may actually be guided by Darwinian selection. And this, of course, according to a new uh, new study. The more beards there are, the less attractive they become, giving clean-shaven men a competitive advantage, say scientists in Sydney, Australia. When peak beard frequency is reached, <laughs> the pendulum swings back toward lesser bristled chins. But why would bearded men take themselves out of the equation? Uh, it's a trend we may be witnessing now, though. Uh, well, you're saying if you're bearded, if you're aware the trend is ending, you could obviously shave. But right. we're saying like we're reaching the point in the trend where we're it's, reaching peak beard frequency. It's so ubiquitous, it no longer has any value as a thing that's different, and therefore oh, so when it, when the whole beard thing started, maybe eight years ago, where a lot of people were oh, everyone shaved, rarer yeah. to have yeah. beards. So it was kind of a unique thing. Like, Look at this apart. guy, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the experiment. Um, this is a study, of course, published by the Royal Society Journal Biology Letters. Of course. Um, naturally. Uh, in the experiment, women and men were asked to rate different faces with four standard levels of beardedness. <laughs> um, 
Uh, both beards and clean-shaven faces became more appealing when they were rare. There are pictures here of the four levels of beardedness, uh, <laughs> oh. and they're computer-generated. I can show you them to you right now there, Brian. Uh, they they go from clean-shaven, light call, stubble, heavy call, stubble, yeah. full beard. I would call number two George Michael. Right, yep. And well, I don't know. I think number three might be George Michael. Number two is sort of... Hard to say. Well, you know, both both beards and clean-shaven faces, uh, as as I was saying, become more, appear, uh, more appealing when they're rare. So the pattern mirrors an evolutionary phenomenon. It's called negative frequency-dependent sexual selection, um, or to put it more simply, an advantage to rare traits. The bright colors of male guppies vary by this uh, force, which is driven by females changing preferences. So scientists at the University of New South Wales decided to test this hypothesis for men's facial hair, recruiting volunteers on their Facebook site, The Sex Lab, um, which you guys can all go check out. Of course. Again? Uh, (laughs) I mean, for the first time? Yeah, yeah, for the first time. Big thick beards are back with a vengeance. Uh, so they thought under uh, they thought underlying this fashion, one of the dynamics that might be important is this idea of negative frequency dependence, and that's Professor Rob Brooks, one of the study's authors. Fucking um, R. Brooks, man. It's it's sort of it's counterintuitive from a, a sexual selection standpoint to me because I don't get how that would inherently point to any benefit to your offspring if someone just has a unique look and that look isn't actually correlated with something positive for the baby you're going to make together, you know. You look more powerful with the beard. I mean, is it it's sort just, of a? He's just saying that the rarity of it alone gives it its its value, the distinctiveness. Yeah, I can't see what will connect distinctiveness to a positive, a mixture of genes for your children. You know, like I just don't get what the actual underlying mm. mechanism would be that I, makes this. I like, agree. I mean, I, it makes sense intuitively because I see that pattern of like the yeah, rarity is like tattoos are like a tramp stamp. Like every girl you meet now who has a tramp stamp is sheepish to admit it. And they'll be like, well, I got it before they were called tramp stamps. Like, of course you did. Sure. Because everyone did. <laughs> everyone did. Like, Once they started becoming yeah, called tramp stamps, no one got they were yeah. less appealing. Yeah. Well, uh, beards and probably tattoos as well go through cyclical fashions. Um, people used to speak about a 30 year time scale. There was actually a paper studying photographs of men from 1871 to 1972 in the Illustrated London News. Sideburns moved on to mustaches, then full beards. Uh, in the 70s, of course, handlebar mustaches. In the 80s, it was the Magnum PI mustaches. Uh, in the 90s, a lot of clean-shaven men. Now big, bu- uh, big bushy beards are back. And the recent boom may have had its roots in the financial crisis of 2008. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons beards have made a comeback is that it's a difficult time. Young men are competing to attract someone when work is not easy to come by, so we might expect some aspects of masculinity to get turned up to 11. Interesting. It's like peacocking. Like I can't, I can't win you over with. Well, yeah. The last time beards got buy buy you an expensive dinner, but I can like I can play a heartfelt indie song on my acoustic guitar, and I can grow out a beard and wax it or something. Sure. Well, you you've had your infamous ukulele face. I'm still in it. I fucking love ukuleles. They're fun to play. It's not an affectation. It's a pleasant sounding instrument. It's a pleasant sounding instrument, but but. Andy, you and I are very similar, and when we first Listen, get into I, things, I, we go I get, for it. I, get, I had sideburns when sideburns were a thing within the last 10 years, and I felt like once I saw they were a little bit too ubiquitous, like it was almost a conscious decision. I was like, uh, this is kind of like too much. I'm done with sideburns. Like, I don't know if everyone else thinks of it that way, but I sort of saw that, and I was like, no, nah, I don't need to have... It felt like an affectation at a certain point, and so I shaved them off. Well, heavy stubble seems to be the best in the study. Okay. okay. Maybe a five to 10 day growth. Um, then I guess I'm no better than everyone else because I do kind of out of half out of laziness I go like I shave once a week these days so half the time you see me I'm a bit how slow. long are you after a shave right now you look pretty this smooth. morning this is this okay, morning okay I was gonna say yeah. 
Anecdotally, have you guys noticed the recent trend? I don't know how recent it is, but I've noticed it more recently that every pitchman on TV or every other pitchman on TV is is shaggy and unkempt. I mean, it started with Keith Stone, the Keystone Light guy, and the uh, the progressive, the saver, who they yeah, ditched yeah. in flavor so of maybe flow. Maybe that's now more trust considered to be more trustworthy. Maybe, but now they have the Vonage guy, and they have everyone. You'll notice it now. That you're watching TV, but the Vonage guy is all shaggy and bearded, and there's a lot of yeah. bearded dudes selling things. Like I don't know if it That's is like mascots. Is is it is the full beard hyper masculine or is it sort of uh uh um a safe is it does it make you think this person is sort of like a cuddly I can't tell it what what it is what what it's actual like cultural significance yeah, I don't know. is right now. Does because it there's a Dr. Pepper commercial Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I just don't know if it's if it's a, what it signifies. Yeah, does it signify hypermasculinity and alpha maleness, or does it signify um, cuddliness and teddy bearish qualities? Well, it can't just be hypermasculinity though, just because if it comes in if it comes in waves, if it comes in phases, where once the beard becomes ubiquitous, then clean shaving becomes more desirable. Right. Yeah, and these guys are for the most part being played. Hyper masculine, you're right, but also kind of doofusy, like kind of like yeah, yeah. They're they're almost too alpha male. Like there's a guy in a there's a super shaggy guy in a Dr Pepper commercial now. He reaches into the river and grabs a Dr Pepper and smashes his hand. It's now an ice cube. Oh, to get I the doctor. But I'm saying there's one more guy who's shaggy and unkempt and right, bearded right. and all those things. Very weird. It's weird yeah, trend. and in comedy, obviously, beards have been hot for like the last eight to ten years. Yeah, program director uh, hated uh, Zach Galifianakis when he came <laughs> with the beard. It's like get that guy out of here. <laughs> Yeah, what's uh, your canines? Your so he yep. was the one who finally ended it for Zach's career. That's right. <laughs> it was really, it was really the death. That's why you haven't you just... heard anything about Zach Galifianakis in the yeah. last seven years. We should... Look him up, guys. He's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I f- I feel like we got a story in. We I got a, we got a story, but also we got we, we learned a hell of a lot about cancer treatment. No, of course. Should... That's that's what I mean. I think we I think we got a little. Uh, we got a, we did our we did our beard fluff piece. We did a fluff piece. That was that was like <laughs> the thing where. Uh, you know, on the news, and then they have the last two minutes where they're like, um, yeah, look at this penguin skating. Uh, <laughs> you guys are great fluffers. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No, I've always heard that about myself. Um. Um, the book is called Shrinkage. It is by Brian Bishop. Brian, where can our listeners find out about you as well as uh, Amazon and various other book retailers? Well, of course, buy the book by clicking through your Amazon link uh, and your Squarespace website, by the mm-hmm. way, at uh, Probably Science. And um, oh, brianbishop.com. Can you open a Lagunitas with the book? You certainly could try. Try to crack it on the <laughs> yeah, cover there. I don't yeah, see why sure. that would be a problem. And then uh, I, I tweet all the time under Bald Brian with uh, Brian with a Y. And let me just say this: I, I try to listen to every podcast beforehand before I go on every different podcast, an episode or two at least, and uh, some to varying degrees of, of success. Some I, I get through, and some I struggle through. And I gotta say, I really enjoy your guys' show. It's one of the ones I've listened to. Thank really you very much. That's high you. praise from Thank a man you. who You've actually knows his shit in this industry. Well, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you something, Brian. Is yeah. every time we have a guest on, we also listen to the other podcasts they've done. So I heard you say that last time. <laughs> to, uh, the other people. Uh, Cut and, that out! And uh, you will not find evidence of me saying that because I don't have a lot. Of, <laughs> I don't have a lot of reason to say that. Oh, contraire, Mister Bishop. Right, Brian Bishop, do do buy his book because it's it is both. It, it has a really nice balance of being storytelling, informative, and heartfelt and funny. Thanks. Uh, and also, while we're also plugging things, can I put in a plug for anyone in the LA area? This coming Wednesday at the Improv, I'm doing a charity show for a charity called Peace Over Violence, which is an anti, uh, anti-violence, particularly violence towards women charity. I've done the show for them before. It's a really cool lineup. Some really good comedians. A couple of people who can't be named because they're TV comics who 
want to keep that on the down low until the day of the show. And they, and, they beat women. And, yeah, yeah, and they beat women. <laughs> yeah. and, um, if they and, had the other way, it'd be the other way around, you know I mean? Yeah. Violence over And uh, Aloe Black as well, the musician, is going to be opening the show. Oh, sweet. So in, uh, that's at the Hollywood Improv. You can go to the Improv's website. I'm not sure what the address is, but I tweeted it as well. And uh, 8 p.m. on Wednesday at the Hollywood Improv, go and see that show. So this goes up relatively soon. This, this, will, be up, tonight, this will be going up oh, tonight. tonight. Well, then can I mention my book signing dates? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I will be in New York on the day the book is released, uh, April. 29th doing a signing on the Upper West Side at Barnes and Noble. Then two days later, May 1st in Ridgewood, New Jersey at Bookends, and then uh, back to LA, Santa Monica on Sunday, May 4th, and then uh, at the end of the month, May in uh, Book Soup on Sunset Boulevard. So come on out and see me. I'd love to see you. So any of those places, and if you're not in one of those places, do still get the book. Uh, That's Brian Bishop. Shrinkage is the name of the book. Just fake his Thank autograph you on it. <laughs> One last thing we also forgot to mention that we are all going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival two weeks from this weekend. Hey, we May are. 8th through the 11th. In we're going to be doing stand up. We're going to be doing, we're we're gonna gonna be doing a podcast. Up. We're doing yeah. a live version of Probably Science there, and uh, and we'll, we'll be doing shows across town. Yep. And You can find schedules for each of us as performers and for the podcast itself at bridgetowncomedy.com. So come on out second weekend in May in Portland. So please <laughs> check that out. And as always, any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you want us to cover, comments, or corrections, any of that, uh, or just saying hi to us. You can email us probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Go on iTunes, write nice things about us. Give us nice ratings. That helps us. Uh, Subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. Tell your friends. Be nice to each other. Thank you very much, and thank you, Brian Bishop. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week.